0: You already are. Well, good morning. My name is John, and uh, I am blessed to serve as the pastor here. And as Violetta said, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my wife Joy and I, we would love to meet you after the service. We'll be right in the foyer there, and we will love to have an opportunity to, to meet you and then even maybe give you some more information about our Discover Hallmark next uh, Sunday. So, if you are new, I'm going to do something that I do every Sunday, and uh, hopefully you'll catch on really quick, all right? So, God is good, all the time. and all the time, so let's do that again one more time, just for those that maybe are, are new. I got a lot of seats to fill, it looks like. So, God is good, all the time. and all the time, uh, again, thank you for being here today. Today is uh, a new series we're starting called Dangerous prayers. And uh, I would encourage you, there's a book titled Dangerous Prayers by Craig Rochelle. if you're interested in some more information than what you might get here on the Sunday morning to order that book and and read through that. It's a great book on on prayer. Today we're going to talk about embolden me, or I want to pray the prayer that God would give me boldness. And you know, the reality is, is I don't think, at least in our, well maybe I'll rephrase it, at least in my church experience, my American church experience, is that we don't often talk about praying bold prayers or dangerous prayers. You are probably like me if you've grown up in church. You've sat through a lot of prayer nights or testimony nights or prayer request time, and from Again, I can only speak necessarily of my experiences from my experiences, from my memory. A lot of our prayers have are, are surrounded or around the idea of our comfort. Or our protection. Or our provision. Would, I mean, would you agree with that? Is that a little bit of your experience as, as well? And so when we think about the church, we think about the church asking God to give us bold faith. And asking God to give us the the faith to pray dangerous prayers. What do we see in the church? What do we see in the early church? In Acts chapter number four, the church is just beginning. And Peter and John are preaching and proclaiming Jesus. We, we just sang the wonderful name, the powerful name, the, the name of Jesus. And in Acts chapter four is where we get that, that scripture that says, there's no other name in heaven and earth whereby, someone's going really fast, whereby which you must be saved. It's the name of Jesus of who? Jesus. The, the name of Jesus is powerful. And that's that specific verse is in the text that we're kind of talking about this morning. And it was spoken from a question. Peter and John were arrested because they were preaching the name of Jesus. The religious people didn't like it because it was going to crowd in on their territory and their money and their power and their prestige and their comfort and their provision, all those things. And So they arrest them, don't preach the name of Jesus. Well, the first question was, by whose authority are you preaching these things? That was the wrong question to ask. As you know, last week I told you I like to argue. One thing you need to understand in an argument, you never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Okay? Because if you know the answer to a question, you probably shouldn't Ask it if it's not going in your. You, you, are you tracking with me? Okay. There they asked the question: whose authority? And what did Peter say? Jesus. I love Peter because he didn't just say Jesus. He said, you know, Jesus, the one you guys crucified. Oh, and also the one God brought back to life. That Jesus. He's the authority. And only in his name is their salvation. So then they said, they, they, uh, they, they have this argument, like this side conversation. Well, you we can't deny what happened. So let's just tell them not to preach the name of Jesus. So don't preach the name of Jesus anymore. We're going to do bad things to you. We're going to arrest you again. And Peter and John said, well, sorry, but we're gonna, we can't help but tell the things we've seen and heard. Amen. And in verse number 18 of, of Acts chapter 4. They called them and commanded them, do not speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. And then in verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. And, but we cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. And you know what the church needs today? Is me and you with the spirit of verse number 20. I can't help but tell my neighbors, my coworkers, my friends, my classmates, the things that I've seen and heard from the precious name of Jesus. This world would be a different place if you and I had boldness. This community would be a different place, this church would be a different place, this country would be a different place if you and I had boldness like Peter and John displayed. So after being arrested, they go back to the church. And they tell them everything that's happened. The church then gathers in unity and they have a prayer meeting. And what's, what's absent from this prayer meeting or from the prayer that is birthed out of the prayer meeting is that they're not praying for blessings. They're not pray, praying for protection. They're not praying for safety. Verse 29, <clears throat> Acts chapter 4. Now, Lord, look on the hearts, on their hearts and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. What did they pray for? Boldness. Say it with me. What did they pray for? Boldness. The challenge for us today is that we, we would pray for boldness. I, I want to invite three guys to the stage, uh, Chad and Andrew uh, and Bruce, and uh, as many of you know, we've been... Uh, telling you that we were going to talk about our trip to Romania. I want to say thank you, Hallmark, for your generosity. You know, because of money that you've given previously, because of money that you have given since this uh, tragedy in Romania and Ukraine has taken place, almost $50,000 you have given as a church to help. Can we we celebrate that? That is awesome. Some of that... Some of that is just from reserve because you guys have been faithful to give. Some of that has been that you have decided I'm going to give above and beyond the last couple months uh, to help those in need. And uh, so I'm going to just take a moment to introduce some of these guys, or all of these guys, because you may not know it. Some of them, sorry, Chad, we're not going to introduce you. Uh, (coughs) Is that all right, Chad? Yeah. All right. No, so Andrew down here, all, all of these men are members of our church. Uh, for many years over you know many many years some of them are really old and been here for a long time Uh, I didn't you gave yourself out I didn't even say anything yeah (laughs) so Andrew here uh, he married Angie Turner who was grew up here at Hallmark and then he interned here back out of college and then God called him from Hallmark to be a missionary in Chile. And then in the last 13 years, he's been missionary serving with Manna Worldwide. And so uh, I appreciate Andrew and Angie and their three kids that have been uh, faithful. members. yeah, you can give them a hand. Uh, Bruce, Bruce here in the middle. Uh, what is really cool is that, that my grandfather-in-law, uh, Raymond Dunn, baptized Bruce at Hallmark, the old location in the 70s. And uh, from Hallmark, God called Bruce and Pam. Again, he also married a, a Pam who grew up in the church like Angie did as well. And she drug him to church. And, uh, and God used Hallmark in Bruce's life. Uh, he surrendered to be a—well, he got saved here, baptized here, surrendered to be a missionary. They served as missionaries in Japan uh, as well as the Philippines. And 20 years ago, God put it on his heart uh, as we talk about dangerous prayers and bold faith put it on his heart to start a ministry called Manna Worldwide, and for 20 years now that ministry birthed out of his passion for kids and and churches like Hallmark that said, yeah, we want to be a part of this. People like you that have been giving for 20 years uh, to Manna, they have over uh, 200 centers in 40 different countries serving the the most needy people in the world. And so I appreciate Bruce and Pam, and uh, that's everybody. All right. That's everybody, right? And then, of course, uh, Chad, uh, Chad started coming to Hallmark in first grade. I assume his parents made him. But he came and, uh, and also surrendered to be a missionary here at Hallmark. And they've been faithfully serving on the mission field for the last 10 years. And, and uh, during the pandemic, they have been stuck I hate to use the word stuck, but in a ways it's stuck, but but man, God has used them in this church continually. Uh, a few months ago, I looked up in our sound booth, and uh, Chad was running the computer, uh, their daughter was running the soundboard, Stephanie was running the lights, and uh, Kaysen was running the switcher. Like, it was a family affair that took over the whole thing. Huh?
1: That's scary. It is scary.
0: <laughs> it is. And Kaysen played electric guitar last week for Easter so yeah that was awesome so here's the number one thing we want you to think about or, or not to think about is the story about dangerous prayers and about bold faith today is, it's not about the four guys on the stage okay God allowed us to see some people who are living bold faith when we sang this song in the lowest valley the lyrics that came out it it, it, it was like a knife into my heart like I haven't walked through lowest valleys like what we saw. And I think how, how often I think, oh, my life is so difficult or whatever. But our goal today is, is to point to uh, their faith, but also to the goodness of God. Um, and so as we think about our trip, we, we met a few times since then, and we talked about how... What, what did we see? What did we experience? We all were in the same location every single time, but we have a different vantage point. What was God teaching us in that? One of the things that kind of came out was that when I think about dangerous prayers, and I, I have this statement I want to not forget, is when we pray bold prayers and walk in obedience, we realize God is always ahead of us. Let me say that again, because when you pray a bold, a bold prayer or a dangerous prayer, God give me boldness, it's always going to lead to an action step. So everybody in the room, you have a next step God's wanting you to take. And so let me say it again. When we pray bold prayers and walk in obedience, we realize God is always ahead of us. And that theme just continued to come out that we, oh, someone prayed this 10 years ago. God gave them an action step, they took the step, and they had no idea why, but now, now we know why. And so I would just want them to share a few of the stories of how that came out. Bruce, you want to go first? Okay. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I want to thank uh, Hallmark first off, because without your zeal for missions, none of us would be up here today. That's right. But this church not only thinks of themselves, but they think of the world, and they think of the needs out there, and that's exactly what the Bible teaches us. Mana wouldn't be here today if not for Pastor Haley and the vision he had for Manna, and I appreciate uh, Mike Haley. He's just been a great friend and a mentor to me, as well as Raymond Dunn, like you said. Uh, And then, for this church, you have such a world vision you don't just think about yourself it would have been very easy for john to say hey we've got a pandemic going we need to uh pull back on missions we need to not care as much we need just take care of our church here but i appreciate our pastor because when we went to him and said man there's such a hard time going on for the ukrainian people We want to go over there to Romania and see if we can help the Ukrainian people. He didn't say, no, I need to think of my church right now. He said, I'm in. I want to go. And most guys, I'm being honest with you, most pastors would have said, not now. Let's wait until things stabilize a little more in the economy and this and that and the other and made excuses. But I I appreciate our pastor saying, we got to do something about this. And that's because not only him, but the love you have for missions. Sure. When uh, we started uh, one of our programs in Ukraine, uh, it was the Smile House. We, we came across this building. It was about 70% done. Still need a lot of work. It was given to manna, which is just grace of God. But. Once again, we had a lot of work to do on this building. Well, Chris Shalowitz came over to the Ukraine with me, and I thank the Lord for a good Hallmark member. Cindy let him go. In fact, she wanted to get him out of the house. (laughs) And uh, he came over there with me, saw the need there, and he said, man, I'm in. I'll be in charge of this thing. And we had four floors to build out and a basement. The basement was the last thing I was concerned about. You know, it's, it was dark and dingy and dirty down there and no floors, but a six foot ceiling. And Chris said, we need to do this. And so, you know, I'm like Mr. Gullible, okay, whatever you wanna do, you know? <laughs> and so we brought over a lot of people. They started digging out that basement. They worked on the other floors, but that basement was really important to them brought in truckload after truckload of concrete, cement, finished out that basement. And I gotta be honest, oh, and he dug the deepest, biggest septic tank you've ever seen in your life. Like, what are you planning on, an army to come? And, um, but, you know, when the Lord tells Chris something, you just say, yes, sir. So, uh, what happened? This thing in the Ukraine with the bombs and missiles in Kyiv striking the city. People from Kyiv came outside the city, many of them our programs, and said we need a place to stay. And the bombs and missiles were getting close to our orphanage there. So not only did our orphans and the family move down into the basement, but all these other people moved down in the basement and they were safe there. And I, I, I was so thankful then for Chris Howard. Yeah, yeah, William was, where's that? Cliff Williams, I mean, yeah. Just so many people in Hallmark joined in here and I really thank the Lord for you guys and your participation and then when the, the missiles started getting too close. In fact, they were finding shrapnel in the yard of the orphanage. They had to flee to Romania. We'll talk about that later.
1: All right, me now. Um, well, I think one of the things that stuck out to me where God had been preparing ahead of time was Pastor Murcha that you had talked about uh, taking the Bibles uh, into Ukraine um, at his house, when we were at his house, and the property behind his house He had built this big, I don't know, storage building or small warehouse, I'm not sure, somewhere in between those two. Um, And he had tried to use it in a few um, ministry opportunities, ministry ventures, and they they didn't last very long. They kind of fell through. And in fact, after one of those uh, had already ended, he continued to build onto it. And his daughter told us that she'd asked him Uh, why, uh, why are you continuing, you don't really have a use for this, a real use for this, why are you continuing to build this thing up? And he said, no, God's got something he's going to do with it. Um, He's going to use it, just watch. And then uh, whenever the war broke out across the border, they live in a border town right there on the border of Romania and Ukraine. And when it broke out across the border, then he knew, okay, God wants to use this. And, um, and so now they have, I mean it's like a small costco inventory in their warehouse thing there um, and they have you know supplies and food uh, and we were helping load it in load some supplies that we got to take in there and uh, she said this won't be here for longer than probably a day before it's going to be loaded onto a truck onto a vehicle and taken across into ukraine to uh, help people help be relief for people right. who need it over the border so um, I just thought that was great that uh, that he had he was kept building on this thing and spending his own money on this thing that uh, that he had no use for other than knowing that God wanted to use it at some point in the future
0: again you think you know prayer step of faith then you see God's provision God's, al- God's always ahead of us isn't he? Um, and the one that I was thinking about is there, there was a, a Baptist church there uh, really close to that, the storage unit that you just saw there uh, and uh, they, a few years ago, I don't remember the timeline exactly, but they felt led, uh, the pastor and the leadership there felt led to build a basement and uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this but sometimes in church there's like uh, dissenting voices, like maybe not always in agreement I don't know never here never here but there were you know questions like why are we building a basement we don't need a basement what would we use the basement for like not necessarily wrong questions but questions and so God just we feel like God is leading us to do that Um, and in this church that you see here in the basement uh, there end up being I think I counted 44 different bunk beds shoved into that basement. They had over 60 people living, refugees living in this basement. They fed them out of this basement. They had a storage closet with all kinds of clothes for these people that were refugees and had no place to go. And I think about, again, when we pray and God tells us what to do and we take the step of faith, we don't always know what the result is gonna be. And, and again, we can't, be, we can't walk in obedience contingent on results, but it's walking in obedience because that's obedience. Uh, this picture that you see on the wall is just a verse that says the Lord is is close to the brokenhearted. And, and it's I think everyone that walked into the basement took a picture of this. It's written in English, then it's written in the Ukrainian language. There's a couple of verses there, and it just is like speaking to like, wow. Again, I'm just kind of confessing my own. Pride maybe, as I sang the lyrics today in the lowest valley, and i I have not walked in a valley like this, but to see that even in even in this valley that God had been before them, God had led this church to have something prepared for these these people and uh, I, there's one more picture of the yeah, the three boys here, um, we couldn 't really speak to them they're playing video games on their phone, and so of course, Chad climbed in there and played video games with them as well. But just thinking about um, most of the men could not leave the country. I think it was ages 18 to 60; they wouldn't let you out of the country. And so these are uh, moms and kids that are fleeing. And uh, I'm I'm thankful for this church walking obedience because these 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 three boys had a place to stay.
3: So uh, Andrew, yeah, one last example of just. God going before us uh, many times, even years before Um, somebody once taught me, you know, vision always precedes provision and that vision. um, And in Ukraine, there's a mountain chain, the Carpathian Mountains, that stretches from Ukraine down into Romania. And there's a beautiful home in the Carpathian Mountains there called Father's House. I believe we have a picture of it. And this is another uh, orphanage, a, a family home there that uh, a building that was partially completed, this story sounds a little bit familiar, right? Um, God had a plan in Ukraine. God had a plan in Romania, a plan in Romania, and that'll make sense how they come together here in just a second. That was um, a, a vision that God had given a, a lady there, a single lady, and she took it as far as she could and then saw a man that could carry out that vision. And so she donated this building that in large part, the exterior was, was completed, still needed a lot of work on the inside of the building. A huge, massive, beautiful uh, building, 20,000 square feet. And... Uh, through help of Hallmark and other churches and uh, folks like Chris and others working, we were able to finish out this home and then open it up to young Romanian children with our staff and house parents there. And they ha- it's a beautiful family. These kids are being raised in a godly home there. But there was so much space. Um, and, you know, uh, in route to seeing God's provision, a lot of times there's obstacles along the way. And one of those obstacles has been the government of Romania not wanting to turn over um, opportunity to to have more kids in the home. And that's been a source of struggle, a source of prayer, um, not knowing, God, you've given us this, this huge facility. Sure, parts of it are being used for camps and retreats and other temporary things and events, but there's just you know a handful of kids living here. Well, now, uh, with the war in Ukraine and refugees coming, uh, we have opened up, uh, Mana has thrown open the doors of this home. Uh, so now we have close to 50 people living um, in this home, a very diverse group of people. We have the Romanian family and the kids there. We have an American missionary family. Again, God's timing that arrived literally the week before we got there to help um, in this ministry with so many people now. Um, There's a a third and fourth floor that has new bunk beds in it, as you can see, to to hold people. So there's Ukrainian families, there's an Armenian uh, family there, and there are the girls and leaders from Smile House that made it across the border into Father's House. So Smile House, that that, uh, that Bruce referenced, God brought them safely over to Father's House. And we were just able to experience All of these cultures, all of these languages living under one roof, um, and that's something that God saw way before any of us Mm -hmm. uh, could see. So vision always precedes provision.
0: It's just, again, amazing as you think. I'm going to pray bold faith, prayers. God's going to give me an action step, so be careful. That's, I think, why most of us don't pray. And the step of faith then leads to God working his provision. And sometimes that may, may be years uh, down the road but we want to kind of just want to share like maybe i mean there's so many stories we could we could share with you about what god spoke to us about on this trip but we just kind of want to share one little story of each of us of how like just there was an impact moment there was a lot of impact moments but but chad you want to start us off yeah
1: um so i think mine goes back to that storage house at, uh, on the back of murch's property uh, we got to meet uh, this pastor Vlad and uh, his friend Alex and his other friend that I don't know his name, probably Vlad, too, but... <laughs> um, and, uh, but getting to meet them and pray with them and over them um, because these guys had come out of, Ukraine, uh, out of the Ukraine, uh, driven across the border, and you know, when we met them, they had accomplished what so many people in the Ukraine wanted to do, and that's just get across the border, get to safety. Um, but these guys were just there for a visit. They were there to stop, to bring their vehicle to Merch's place, to fill up the back of it with supplies and food, um, and, and they filled it as much, we've helped to fill it to capacity. I mean, that thing was riding pretty much on the ground uh, when they got ready to leave. But, um, and then they were gonna head back in, back towards danger. And to see them, the three of those guys in the front of that uh, truck. I mean, it's, it's comical. We were, we were cracking up about it, but then, you know, if you remember, if you think about, like, how long they had to ride like that, uh, they would go, I think we have a video of them pulling out, but they would go um, just about 80 kilometers across the border to where uh, Vlad's church was initially. And uh, there were some people there, they'd distribute some of the supplies there to some people who had come out of harder hit areas and were staying at his church. But then these three guys would get back in that little truck and they would drive the rest of the way to Kiev, uh, which I think originally was about a 12 hour trip. And now because of checkpoints and dangerous areas, it was more like a 24 hour trip to get to Kiev. and all of this so that they could be the hands and feet of Jesus. and. And give a cup of cold water to somebody in his name, you know, give some food, some blankets um, to people who were in a desperate situation at risk of their own lives. And then they're going to turn around and come back. And their plan was to do it all again, over and over again, as long as God needed them to do it. So that that really stuck with me.
0: Yeah, let's let's see if we can see that video. I don't know if it'll play for us. They're smiling a lot more than I would if I was in the front of that car, And tell you that. I don't
1: know if they would be after 24 hours. Yeah. Smiling like
0: that. You know, prayer. How many, of you, how many of you believe there's power in prayer? Now, I think everyone raise their hand. How many of you would say that the, the amount of time you spend praying actually reveals how powerful you think prayer is? Right, so then, like, you can self-evaluate. How how powerful do you really think prayer is? And what I've I've really been challenged with the last year is that I talk about prayer a lot. I'm I've never I've never claimed to be good at it. I've never claimed to be uh, a person of prayer, but I, but I'm striving to be a person of prayer. And one of the moments that for me and, and, uh, was watching Chad pray over them right before they got into this car. And so I just want to share that video with you uh, as, as Chad prayed over these, these three men.:
1: Action. We pray for your blessing on them. Um, we pray that you would uh, just continue to use them. God, thank you for the encouragement and the challenge that so they've been to us. We're uh, just giving up their their homes and their time and their church and just whatever resources you have blessed them with they're sharing it and going out and Lord, we've been talking this is true and undefiled religion taking care of widows and orphans displaced people Lord Um, God I just pray if there's ways that you want us to continue to partner and help them that you would show us clearly thank you again for letting us see them and and again, we just pray your hand of protection on them as they travel across the border and that these supplies would go where they need to go and would help the people they need to help. And Lord, um, that all these things so that more people would come to you, people would know you, Lord, in the midst of this tragedy, your kingdom would be advanced and you would receive glory. God, that's uh, even in, in the middle of this war. That's the goal here uh, is to bring you glory and bring more people into your kingdom. And So I just pray your protection on them. In Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. My challenge, I've got a lot of challenges today. One of them is this. Pray for people. And you know, one thing that i have trying to do better at is not just tell someone, I'll pray for you, but just stop right there. You know how powerful it is to pray over someone? Um, so that's my, my challenge, and Andrew, I'm taking your time, so you wanna, you want to share it?
3: No, it was just, again, story after story of, of God teaching us, showing us what true boldness is. One of the examples of, of God just emboldening people is, again, back at Father's house there. So the dynamic there, as I already mentioned, there's different people, different cultures, different ages. Uh, but one of the biggest dynamics and noticeable things when you go there is believers and unbelievers. We have Ukrainian families that are, that are unbelievers that have never maybe even heard the gospel. And then we have um, our, our girls from Smile House that are older high school and college age girls along with a couple of their ministry friends. And let me tell you these young ladies are on fire for God. They're on fire in their community in, in Kiev before they, before they left, they were able to get out of the basement and they started going around distributing uh, food in the community, and then it just got so unsafe that they had to leave but they've taken that sense of ministry calling and brought that to Romania and to Father's House. So every night in the big um, hall there, they're having services, they're singing worship music, they're ministering to these kids. These kids are, you know, pent up there, they're cooped up and these girls tirelessly, you know, they could be worried about their friends back home, on their social media, you know, uh, concerned with so many other things, but their focus is on these children and these families that they are truly a light to, and it's evident. And so we got to sit around one evening and just um, worship with them in, in Ukrainian and in English and then some Romanian in there, but just an amazing, sweet time of worship that really impacted us. That in the midst of everything going on, that they would still praise the name of Jesus and be faithful to share the gospel with those uh, where, they, where they were, you know, to, to be where their feet were. They couldn't go anywhere else, mm-hmm. they're stuck, but yet they are faithful um, right where they're planted. Just one of the worship songs that we sang just spoke to their situation so clearly, if you'll uh, show that clip. Recognize that song by Lauren Daigle it's I will trust in you let me just read you a couple of lines of one of the stanzas it says letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet every moment of my wandering never changes what you see I've tried to win this war I confess my hands are weary I need your rest mighty warrior king of the fight no matter what I face you're by my side when you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish that I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. That's a bold prayer, It's letting go and saying, God, I will trust you with everything. There's a war going on around me, there's things that are out of my control, but their dangerous prayer is just say, God, here am I. Use me, sir, I will serve, I will trust you.
0: Bruce, you wanna share about Vlad? Yeah,
2: you know, uh, Vlad is uh, the individual that, that runs our orphanage there in the Ukraine. Um, such a great man and just uh, Nadia and his wife. They have done so well with Smile House and bringing kids in and we have just seen God do some incredible things. Well, when the war started it uh, obviously was a tragic situation. They're about roughly 10, 15 miles outside of Kyiv. And uh, as we all have seen on the news, it's been bombed relentlessly by the Russians, sending missiles over and, and all. Well, the missiles, they, they moved down to that basement like we talked about a few minutes ago. And when the missiles kept coming closer and closer, in fact, they found shrapnel in the yard of the orphanage Uh, the concussion, damaged part of the orphanage, but it's still in good shape. They knew it was getting too dangerous and Vlad said, we've got to leave. They had, once again, people from Kiev staying there with the orphans, their family, everybody said, we've got to get out of here, go to Romania. So they formed a convoy of cars and vehicles and they started heading toward the Carpathian Mountains. It took them, like uh, was stated before, about a 12-hour drive, but it took them days and days to get there. They finally made it to the Carpathian Mountains, got through the checkpoint, which took them forever, were able to come to our feeding program there at Father's House, our orphanage, and stay there. But Vlad took all of them there with his wife, Nadia, and then he said, I've got to go back. And that, that touched my heart. Because here's a guy saying I'm in safety and I gotta go back. I've gotta stand up and help our people. And so he turned around and went right back into the Ukraine. And uh, it just broke my heart. I, I saw Nadia there at, in In Romania at our father's house and soon she saw me she just burst into tears and she said this is so terrible Bruce our worst dreams have come true but I'm so thankful that our kids are safe our friends are safe here and she said but it's just terrible for Vlad and he just cannot stay here in Romania. And then just a, a few minutes later, she came running over to me and she was able to video conference Vlad. And he said, I've been here in Kiev now for three days. And he said, I have not slept at all. He said, because every time I try to go to sleep, there are more missiles coming in. And he said, just, just pray for us that God will stop this terrible war. It's, it's just a tragic situation. So I believe God has answered the prayers and that Kiev is no longer under attack, but I pray for those that live in the east and those down by the water that uh, they're still being under such terrible pressure.
0: You know, as I think about we we got more stories we could share, but we'll skip a few of them, and we'll save them for another day. Is that all right? But I I do want to ask Bruce and Andrew to share, you know, as we talk about bold prayers, dangerous prayers, maybe some specific prayers uh, that we could pray uh, that maybe we were made aware of on the trip. So, Bruce, you want to, or uh, Andrew, you want to share a few prayer requests with us?
3: Just very quickly, one of the... Opportunities that we have is in northern Romania. It's in a uh, Gypsy the Roma people uh, area called Tinka and it is a medical facility again God knowing ahead of time What what, what the needs of people will be there um, are Ukrainian Roma gypsies that have come across the border. And so they have been welcomed into another gypsy community there where maybe they would be ostracized in a different place. So we've had uh, Ukrainian Roma families staying in the clinic. We're also uh, praying to remodel that and and raise it up to uh, European Union medical standards. So it's going to take quite a bit. Uh, You can see there's a new roof on the building. So this will be an education program, house refugees, and provide medical care not only for the refugees, but long-term in a sustainable way for people in the Roma community that have very little access to medical care. And the second thing I would ask you to pray for uh, is pray for one of the uh, two of the families that are at our place there at father's house. There are two brothers they will be on the screen. These brothers names are Andre and Tigran. And they're Armenian Ukrainians. And so they, because uh, I guess of their ethnicity, they were allowed uh, to leave even though they're military age. And they're there with their wives and their kids. And they're from the port city of Odessa that has been hit so hard. And they've lost their business that they've started there. They may not have anything to go back to. And so pray that God would allow them to establish themselves in Romania. We want to help them start a small business. They're in the fast food business and most importantly, pray for their salvation. Uh, They're unbelievers, and they are in this community day in, day out, hearing the gospel. Uh, They've been going to church services now. Today is Easter Sunday, celebrated in Eastern Europe. And maybe the bold prayer today would simply be, God, today, if it would be your will to save Tigran and Andre. I believe that he can do it, and he can do it uh, Mm -hmm. even today. So pray for them. Thanks for sharing. Bruce, you want to share about Maria?
2: Yeah. Maria was a a little girl you saw a few minutes ago, uh, in my arms. Maria grew up, her mother was a prostitute, had Maria, and uh, couldn't take care of her, gave Maria to her parents, and tragically, uh, we don't know the circumstances or whatever, but her grandfather, killed her grandmother right in front of this little girl, brutally murdering her. So she had nowhere to go. There's no social services, so to speak, in Romania. And this little girl would literally, in a a Romanian gypsy village, would just go around from house to house, trying to beg food. Uh, A six-year-old kid and let me tell you, it is still freezing cold in Romania. And so our, our people there that work with the Roma people, the gypsies, saw her and had compassion on her and, and took her in and said, we need to get this little girl a home. We're so thankful now that she has a place to be and the people that love her there in Romania This is what we try to do, not only see people saved, lives changed, to these kids, that's the most important thing, but little girls like this, to have a place to live and eat, and most importantly, someone to love them. And she is the perfect case for that.
0: Thanks for sharing, Bruce. So really, they're in the process now of getting her into the Rafa House Orphanage, and so that's not always an easy process with the government there. So if you'll just pray that, that all of those things would, would line up and that she could be uh, in the, the managed Rafa house, the orphanage there, and, and be a part of a loving family. And again, as I, I think about kind of summarizing all of this, it goes back to the way we started, is that when we make a decision to pray bold faith and bold prayers and dangerous prayers, God wants to use us in a big way. God wants us to be involved in what he's doing. And so when we pray that and we open ourselves to the idea and to the reality, God, use use me. God will, but it's gonna take a step of faith. And it's gonna take an action step that maybe we we don't know the outcome, we don't know what's next, but I'll say it again. Everybody in the room, I believe, has a next step. It may be that you need to give your life to Christ today that you've never responded to the gospel. It may be today that you just need to say, you know what, my prayer life is, and I'll let you use whatever adjective you want, it's not where it needs to be. And I wanna pray bold prayers. And you know, we started this year in Philippians chapter one. God, we wanna, we wanna know you more, we wanna love you more, and we wanna share you more. And maybe it's just revisiting that prayer. God, help me to love you more each day. Help me to know you more each day and get in your word. And God, as I know you and love you more, the result of that will be that you'll share him, share him more. Can I pray with us as we close? I'm going to ask Stefan to just come up as I pray. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning after I pray and, and Stefan plays to respond. Maybe God is challenging you. I, I, maybe, maybe today your next step is just to say, God, I want to pray more. Teach me to pray more. Lord, I believe, but increase my faith. And so I wanna just, I wanna pray for you. We're gonna just listen to some music. The altar is open. If you wanna come and just ask God, God, give me bold faith. Give me the faith to pray dangerous prayers. That you would do that today. That you maybe just come forward and pray for Maria. Pray for Vlad and Nadia as they're separated. Pray for these girls from Ukraine who are ministering to this family, to Tigran and his wife, and and that they would give their life to Christ. God, we thank you today for how we get to see what you're doing all over the world. Lord, I've been challenged today that I have such little faith. Lord, that my prayers are not bold. Lord, that I'm reserved in my faith and that That maybe the steps that you've already put in front of me, I've been cautious about. Lord, what could you do in this church, in this community, if we would say, God, give me the faith to pray bold prayers. Raise up some people of faith, of prayer. Use us, God.